When you're smiling. Hey, you. Bubbly sparkling water is crisp, refreshing, and perfect for any occasion. Kind of like my voice, but in a can. No calories, no sweeteners, all smiles. Bubbly. Crack a smile. If you don't know your numbers, you don't know your business, especially in today's economy. But over 31,000 businesses do know their numbers because they use NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite gives you visibility and control of your financials, planning, budgeting, and inventory, so you can manage risk and improve margins. Everything you need, all in one place. See why NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system. Right now, NetSuite is offering a -a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash offer. NetSuite.com slash offer. Hello, movie lovers. This is John DeGorio, as always, as your host for Movie Lovers Unite. And I just want to talk about, off the top, about some of the things that were announced at San Diego Comic-Con from the MCU, from Kevin Feige, telling us the slate for Phase 4 for the movies and as well as the TV shows that are coming to the Disney Plus streaming services. Now, right off the top, I want to talk about Marshall Alley as Blade. First off, the guy's a top-notch actor. He won an Academy Award not only that, but the fact that he's even going to be Blade makes me excited. At first, I was like, you know, I was wondering, is is Wesley Snipes even going to be attached to Blade? Is this even going to be regarding to anything that happened with Blade in the past films or anything like that for Wesley Snipes to be in it? The answer to that was no. And I was kind of, I'm going to be honest with you, I was kind of on the downside. But as, but as soon as I heard about Marshall Alley as Blade... You know, that actually gave me some good expectations to actually want to see a Blade movie played by a different actor. It's just going to be different for some people, including myself, to see somebody else take the reins as Blade and not have Wesley Snipes. But still, it doesn't make me mad. It doesn't make me aggravated to see that they made the adjustments that they needed to make another Blade movie to actually put him in the MCU. Because at one time or another, he was actually at Lionsgate, and then Lionsgate couldn't use him anymore or anything like that. So they went on ahead and gave the rights back over to Marvel. Marvel didn't do anything for a little bit. Now it's just good to see that he's going to be in Phase 4. So that's what I'm actually excited about. And then, like I said... I like Marshall Ali as an actor. I thought that he did really good as Cottonmouth and Luke Cage. I didn't really care for Luke Cage, the series itself. But as far as Cottonmouth, as far as bringing layers to the table, as far as him being villainous, as far as him doing everything that he needed to do as a villain, I bought into it. I really liked him as Cottonmouth. But as for the show itself, I didn't really care for it. But as the actor, but I'm going to be honest with you. I like him as an actor. I think they did a very good job with this. I think he's going to bring glares to Blade that we haven't seen before and bring something new and fresh to the table because I'm a really big sweaty when it comes to Blade. Blade is one of my favorite characters aside from the Punisher. And I, and I really want to see what what's going to happen with Blade. Look, there's something else that I wanted to mention too, like last week whenever... The announcement, hey, there's going to be a Thor 4 with Taika Waititi being attached to direct it and about the movie box office and stuff like that. And, you know, Akira was actually going to be one of his movies that he was going to actually direct. And now it doesn't look like he's going to actually direct this um, Akira movie at all for the anime fans or anything like that. But if you look at the box office numbers, it seems like in the U.S., Animated live action movies just doesn't work. But I don't know if that has anything to do with the fact that Taika Waititi even wants to do, uh, doesn't want to do an Akira movie at this moment in time. I don't know, but I know that right now 
he's wanting to do Thor 4. And it also makes me wonder this. Because just because we just got the announcement doesn't mean, hey, it just happened overnight. It means that they already had this planned out from the get-go that they were going to make a Thor 4. The only thing is, we didn't know who was going to be attached to direct this film or anything like that. And we don't know how long it we We also don't know how long it's been sitting on the table either. But I guarantee you that they actually had everything in plan in motion by the time that they were going to announce it. Now, what makes me not excited about Thor... Thor Love and Thunder, that's right, that's actually going to be what it's called, and I'm okay with that, not Mighty Thor, which I was kind of hoping that they would actually go for the Mighty Thor, but Thor Love and Thunder is just the title, I don't really care about titles that much, all I care is about the delivery of the characters, and if they're actually going to give us the character depth that we actually like, and if this, if the plot itself is going to be any good, but with that being said, I don't like the casting choice for Natalie Portman, now, Hear me out before anybody starts yelling at me and carrying torches to burn down my house. But, here's the thing. She didn't want to be in the first two Thor movies. Which is also why she's been written out of the other movies. Which is also why she wasn't in Avengers Age of Ultron as a little small cameo. Which is also another reason why she wasn't in the Avengers uh, Infinity War or Endgame. Was because she didn't want to be in it. Now, all of a sudden, she, she's wanted to be in Thor Love and Thunder. I did not like that idea at all. I liked her in V for Vendetta. I did like her in that movie. But as far as this goes, she had no interest at all to be in another Thor movie or another comic book adaption movie. And here she is now, shining her butt on the stage, acting like she's excited. But look, you can even look at the pictures when she's holding up the hammer. Of Thor, she looks like she doesn't even want to be there. Why would we want to have an actress who doesn't even want to be there, that's going to be a part of this thing, who wants to just milk it for the money and not be passionate about the character that she's going to be playing? And I just don't like that idea. I think they should go ahead and recast her. And that's just my God-honest opinion. I think they should just go ahead and recast her as somebody and recast that character. Because, to me, she didn't really add anything to it in the first two films. Now, she's certainly not going to add anything to this film at all. And I really wish that they would have gone went on ahead and went with a different actress. But that's just my opinion. That's what they're going on. But as far as that goes, I'm just not that excited to see Natalie Portman back in the Thor movie again. And everything is Jane. I'm just sorry. I just don't like her a- as an actress. She's one-dimensional. She doesn't add anything to anything. She doesn't care about what this part... She doesn't care about what she's doing. So why should I care that she's even in this movie? And not to mention she probably doesn't even care what I think anyways. But still, it makes me question, you know, why are they even doing this with with her as Jane? Because she didn't really do anything special in the first two Thor movies. But this is the way I'm looking at it. I would like to actually know your thoughts on this subject because I'm kind of curious about what you guys think, especially the Waka Watiti stuff too, because, you know, I like what Taika Watiti did with Thor Ragnarok. I like his style. I like his direction. I like his, the humor that he brought to Thor. I liked everything that they did with Thor as far as that goes. And to see him direct this new Thor movie, it brings a smile to my face but at the same time, I really don't like what they did with the casting choice. I think they should have gotten somebody else to play the female Thor. But, 
You know, and in case anybody's wondering about anything, there is an actual female Thor in the comic books. It's not about feminism or anything like that. There's actually a female Thor in the comic books. It's actually canon. So everybody's all up in arms about it. Relax. Chill out. There's nothing to get upset over. You know, comic books always change the way their characters are all the time. So I don't see what the big deal is. I never really saw the reason why people would actually be ticked off at a fictional character. But then again, everybody's pissed off about the fact that Ariel is black. So, you know, there you go. (laughs) I'm sorry. I had to go on a little small tangent about that. But anyways, back on the subject here. Um, Another slate of movies that's going to be coming out is Doctor Strange 2, which is also going to be called Multiverse Madness. Now, I'm excited for this for lots of reasons. This is going to be the horror type of movie that I've been wanting to see from a comic book movie from the MCU. Some people are like, oh, I don't like the fact that it's going to be dark and it's going to be part of the horror. Look, in case you haven't noticed, in case you haven't been a big sweaty like I am with Doctor Strange, his stuff is not exactly rainbows and bunnies hopping over fences. This is actually something that's actually going to happen. So let me give you a rundown on how the comic book actually was for the multiverse madness. First of all, first of all, it was called House of M. House of M was about stuff that happened with Scarlet Witch. Scarlet Witch was upset because of the fact that Ultron died. So what does she do? She makes up her own entire universe in her head on basically Vision is still alive, Tony is still alive in her head. And she's living inside her head in a fantasy that's not suitable, that's not normal for everybody. So, Doctor Strange actually has to go in to her mind and tear her apart and say, look, this, this for every consequence that you did, there's an action for it. You're the reason why this happened. You're the reason why that happened. You're the reason why that happened. That happened, as a matter of fact, I'm talking about what happened in the mo- uh, comic books, not the movie. But that's exactly what happens. So, what my speculation is going to be is this. I think that she's going to be depressed because Vision died. And she's going into her own mind and making up her own universe that he's still alive in her own mind. Be, uh, and being in denial about the whole thing. And therefore, it makes her go a little bit cuckoo. And Doctor Strange has to go in, into her mind, and try to tear her world apart. Just so that she can get into the reality of the fact that... Ultron is dead. Not Ultron. Uh, Vision is dead. I'm sorry about that. But that Vision is dead. And there's no coming back from that. And you're just going to have to get over the fact that Vision is dead. And that's actually going to be something that I think that's actually going to give it some layers, some level of layers to it. And I'm sorry that I called it Ultron or whatever because of the fact that I'm thinking of how Vision got introduced. But that's... Pretty much how that whole entire deal happens with House of M. But that's also another thing too. They're actually going to introduce Nightmare. Nightmare, if, if you think about him, he's like the Freddy Krueger of the MC, of Marvel Comics. He eats at your dreams. He's a dream eater. He gives you all the fears. Everything that you ever had, he takes in and he tries to scare the crap out of you. And he also kills you. And... That's how he's going to get introduced into the multiverse madness. And I actually like that. I actually like the fact that they're adding him into it. And I'm actually excited about that. 
because I've been waiting for an MCU movie where it has like a little bit of horror element flavor to it, a little bit of sweaty flavor, which is something that I've really been wanting for a long time. And Nightmare is actually one of my favorite villains in these Doctor Strange comics. And then, uh, of course, everybody also knows, too, that we're actually going to have a Chang-Chi movie, which is also going to be part of the Multiverse Madness, too, because he want, they want him and Doctor Strange to actually team up, uh, kind of. But here's my thoughts. The Chang-Chi comic books came out in 1974, so I don't know exactly what kind of comics that they're, version that they're going to go with, because there's other Chang-Chi, Chang-Chi, sorry if I'm butchering the name, but there's other comic book adaptions of him. And not only that, but he also trained some of the Marvel Knights uh, characters as well. But that's also actually going to be tied in with the Multiverse Madness as well. And of course, he's also getting his own movie. But I'm going to get to that little bit of news in a few minutes. I'm just here to geek out with you about the Multiverse Madness right now. But the Multiverse Madness is just so big, so massive. It's going to add layers. It's going to add drama. It's going to add horror elements that I never thought that the MC mcu would actually cover and i'm actually excited about that because i've been wanting this for such a long time even during the first doctor strange movie i've been wanting them to introduce that character and i'm glad they took their time with trying to introduce that character instead of just bam there's nightmare no i'm glad they went on ahead introduced the night not different realms in ant-man and stuff like that to give us other flavors to what nightmare is gonna be so, I'm actually excited about that. The Black Widow movie is also another thing that they actually announced. And I'm going to be honest with you. As I always am. I'm not excited about a Black Widow movie. Especially it being rated R. I don't care if it's rated R. Just because it's rated R, it doesn't mean it's going to be any good. I've seen a bunch of rated R movies this year. And they're not good. Just because a movie is rated R, it doesn't make it good. Just because the movie is bloody doesn't mean it's good. Just because it's dark... And ominous doesn't mean it's going to be good. Just to have a rated R movie just for the sake of having a rated R movie and just slapping out the rated R, R part on there does not make a movie good. And they're changing a lot of stuff that I don't like. Tazerac is supposed to be the main big bad guy. And if you're a big sweaty like I am when it comes to reading comics, he's supposed to be this magician type person, this very dark magician who winds up trying to kill Black Widow. And, of course, this is also going to take place during the um, time of the Civil War. So, that's how she's going to be alive. So, I'm okay with that aspect. I just don't like the fact that they changed Tazerac into a whole entire uh, an assassin. Because that's not who he is. That's not his character. That's not, And I get the fact that they change things all the time. And not everything is going to be 100% accurate to how the comics are. But I really didn't want to see that. I really didn't want to see him as an assassin. That's just my own personal opinion. I'd rather see him as something else. I'd rather see him as the magician. That's just me. It gives him depth. It gives a horror element flavor. Horror sweaty to it. You know, that's how I feel about it. But hey, if you guys are all for it, I'm glad that you guys are. I might go see it anyways just because it's an MCU movie. And I'm kind of curious about how some stuff might actually tie in. There's actually going to be some flashbacks from... In game as well as Infinity War, so there's that kind of flavor to it, but it's gonna mostly deal with the Civil War timeline, and that's how she's gonna be alive. 
which is kind of interesting in a way in its own sense. Then there's also the Falcon uh, Winter Soldier movie that they're doing. And of course, if you haven't seen Infinity, uh, not Infinity War, but Endgame, Cap passed it on to Falcon. And I'm okay with that. Because if you think about it, it makes sense. It makes sense for lots of reasons. Especially what Bucky did. Even though it wasn't his fault, Bucky probably still feels guilty for killing uh, Tony's parents and was being controlled by Hydra. So, you know, it makes more sense for Falcon to have the shield than it does Bucky because I think that Bucky doesn't like the fact that he would want to be called Captain America after everything he went through with Hydra, working for a Nazi organization, and to be called Captain America. I could actually understand that logic because I know if I worked for an agency that was part of Hydra, a Nazi organization, I wouldn't want to be called Captain America, especially after assassinating other people through Hydra, being controlled by Hydra, and then they then Cap wants to go ahead and give me the shield, I wouldn't take it, because it would be a blasphemy, if you think about it, because I don't feel like I would be honored enough to actually want to carry the shield after the things that I know that I've done, because guilt and shame comes with the territory. With, same with everybody. Everybody has guilt and shame. Everybody's guilty about doing something in their past life and present life, too, depending on their mistakes. And I know that I wouldn't be comfortable with something like that. But that's how I look at it. That's how I feel about that. And then we're also going to get a Hawkeye movie as well. And this is going to take, take place at Bam Budapest. And that's actually some of the stuff that they were talking about in the very first Avengers, Avengers um, movie too. Was, was that the same exact thing with Bam Budapest. So... There's that movie, and I'm actually I'm actually excited about the Hawkeye movie. I'm glad that they're actually giving Hawkeye a chance to shine rather than stand in the background because, to me, Clint was one of those characters that didn't really get a lot of love from that many people or anything like that. And I feel like if they had his own movie, he would actually add in some layers, some stuff that we haven't seen from Hawkeye. And I really like Jeremy, uh, Jeremy Ritter as Hawkeye. I've always liked him as Hawkeye. And to see him in his own movie, I'm all for it. I think that they should actually do that. They should have done that a long time ago. But I'm excited about that. And then there's also the Loki, the Loki show too, as well. That's going to be up on uh, the Disney streaming services at Disney Plus. And how that's going to take place if you haven't seen Endgame or anything like that. Basically, he takes a task. Um, takes the cube from the very first movie and he disappears. And that and that's how we wind up with Loki all over again. Whether it's going to be a Loki that is going to be a big bad Loki or or a good Loki, we don't know. But I have a feeling though he's going to be testing the waters with Thor a lot though too. That's what I have a feeling about. Then there's the Wanda and Vision movie that's going to be coming out. And I'm going to be honest with you, I don't know how to feel about this. I don't know what they're doing with this and everything. Because unless they're going to actually do what I mentioned in the Multiverse Madness, which is going in and and actually making her up her own universe and stuff like that, and then tearing her world apart, 
That would be the only logic and explanation that I can think of, is she made up a whole entire universe for Vision, and then Doctor Strange has to go in through the multiverse madness and do it that way. But I don't know. I just don't know how to feel about that. There's a couple of things that they did that I'm not even 100% sure if I like what they're doing with it, but until I see the final product, I'm just going to leave my leave it up into interpretation and leave all my negativities at the door once I actually see the stuff. Then there's the Chang-Chi movie that they have for the standalone movie. The guy has no superpowers, has nothing, no capabilities at all. He's just a regular everyday normal dude and stuff like that. He trained Daredevil. He trained uh, a couple of the Marvel Knights characters and stuff like that. Like I mentioned, he was out in, uh, the comic books came out in 1913. And then there was a couple of comics that they came out in 1974. Then it progressed from there. But I don't know what version that they're going to actually use. But either way it goes, I mean, I can understand some people being excited about this. It would be like a Kung Fu type movie. But for me, it's not for me, I don't think. But still, I was wondering what you guys think too of the whole entire lineup. Tell me what you guys think. Tell me, uh, And of course, I'll go on ahead as always and leave this inside the on the page and everything for you guys to go on ahead and comment. And I'll also put a link down in the description on the podcast itself so that way you guys can go ahead and follow me on the page and then you can tell me what you guys think so anyways tell me what uh tell me what you guys think of this podcast tell me what share this podcast with everybody because i'm kind of curious about what you guys think so anyways until next time bye bye